the solutions. When men come out of the shadows to testify, giving tips to manhood, out of the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have an information technology specialist in digital landing and music and everything and more. He's a, he's a, he's a chosen man. He's a father. He's a leader. A man amongst men. Please give it up for Amiat's own, Mr. Mohammed Fatar. How you doing, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, beautiful intro. <laughs> Thank you very much. Are you ready to drop these gems to answer these questions Let's today? Let's do this, man. Let's do this. Let's do this. Done. What person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what defined you? Uh, who will be my father and his job will actually define him. Uh, basically, in terms of what he's been through throughout the whole life. I think this is kind of what actually made me and who I'm actually am at the stage. What are some of the key things your father taught you in terms of goal setting or some of his troubles? What did they teach you? What's something you carry with yourself to this day? See, that's the thing. I was unfortunately, I didn't have the proper, uh, I didn't have enough time with my father. Meaning that uh, the situation happened when I was born in Africa, lived there for seven years. That was like the golden years, if I recall. Then we had to move to the States because he found a very amazing opportunity. So, so the only kind of straightforward, straight years that I did my father were the first seven years. And then we moved to the States and then everything just like went down. You know, you're talking from being a millionaire father into commerce, export, trading, big plans, big whatever. And then he went to the States and unfortunately the irony, his best friend kind of backstabbed him. Taking everything that he owned, and at a very young age, because when I look back, I was like, what, eight, nine years old? We moved to the States, so like seven years in Arabic, French language, Africa, then uh, went to the States, new language, new environment, new culture, new everything. North Carolina, we were in Charlotte, and we saw an adolescent, I'm seeing my dad going through a struggle, you know, and, and I, I don't think it was a good idea for, for the parents to actually uh, show us what they've been through. But unfortunately, I don't think we could have, uh, we didn't have any choice. Right. We couldn't sugarcoat or hide the actual situation they're going through. So like three years down the line, they actually, so it was like false promises from his best friend, false promises. And then after three years and a half or four years being in the States, my father had to take a decision whereby do I go back, do we go back all of us to Africa or do we stay in America and go to Africa? Or do we uh, move to Lebanon, where the supposed family are, and he goes back to Africa. So all of this started at a very young age, seeing the struggle that my father had been through. And then when he moved to um, to Africa, I hadn't seen him for like a straight two years and eight months. Because going back to Africa, he was supposed to continue his business, but unfortunately, his brother kind of backstabbed him as well. You know, so it was like, I can go on forever in terms of actually diving into the detail, but that can, that's how things actually have started in terms of the struggles. That's actually all right here. It's like stuck in the brain. I love this unique story that you have, mainly because you can explain emotionally how you felt under the age of 10. You might be someone right. who can relate to that. Now looking back retroactively in retrospect, what emotions do you think you portray even though in that stage of your maturity emotions in what way in terms of uh, frustrations happiness did you you said you've seen the difference but did you actually recognize it did you actually take on the feeling of this decline this backstab this no the backstab happened on the long run after understanding how the world actually works mm. but at that stage it was more kind of a frustration of of knowing that things are not really easy you know, you're not, you don't get whatever you want whenever you want. So it was like a very shocking moment at a very young age. And I don't think a child should experience that because it's, it's just, it's, I mean, yes, it brought it to who I am today, mm -hmm. but if you go back there, your childhood wasn't an easy ride because um, the, the frustration or the reality of the situation kind of hit us in a very, very young age. Right, right. And you're talking about family of four, you know? So, uh, so yeah, so we moved to Lebanon and then it was like straight two years and a half. We hadn't seen my father. Uh, and then since that time, so for since forever, for the past 30 years, before he passed away uh, three years ago, yeah. I used to see him only one month every year, mm -hmm. forever. 
plus uh, since the age of 10. So that's why we asked me this question too, that we had like six weeks of BP goals and stuff like that, never happened. But it's like only you see it like one month. The first two weeks are awkward because you're like, okay, what did you do then? Yeah. And then you're like, okay, you're back on track, your father, then you have two weeks, then you again. Because you have to go back to Africa to support your family while you're back in Lebanon. So you know? his determination to support, support the family, and that, that really brought the whole new Yeah, yeah. To let you know that there are things in this world that need to be obtained. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. When did you start goal setting for yourself? Uh, pretty much 1997. I was 13, 13 years old. Which is the time I actually went to the digital world. Ah. You know, that's where I experienced the digital world. So, because because now I'm kind of linked, doing the linking. So it doesn't happen on the spot. But you're like, why were you always, why was I always a workaholic? Why didn't I want to actually be with friends or go out and have fun and chill the freshman year, the high school year? You know, it was like, finish school, go back home, work. Finish school, go back home, study, learn new stuff. You know, I was like addicted to the computer. Not from a playing area, but more from learning new languages, coding, programming. And I've ventured into it, but I never realized why I was doing this. Like, I just someone was like following me. Yeah. You know, it never occurred why, why, why until recently. Not really, like two, three years ago. When he passed away, you're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Now you're starting to actually do the linking of why you're always like moving, moving. You're actually trying to relive what he's been through. We yeah. talked about this off air. We talked about you walking down a, a long journey and not knowing why you're going in. You got all these tools and all these new skills that you have to learn. You're like, man, why am I learning all this yeah, now? Yeah, when yeah. is it going to pay off? Yeah, yeah. And you said your due diligence didn't come to many years later to all that, that work you put in. Through all those times and you were doing those things, do you believe in affirmations? Were you giving yourself motivation? How were you motivating yourself? It's the fact of I don't want to ever come to a point where I need, I need to ask someone anything. Mm. You know, because I've seen my father being somewhere, and then at, at one time he lost everything. So that struggle, I don't want to ever live because I've seen it. So that's where like I'm like working day and night, uh, making a living, trying new things. Even if I, if I tell you the, the different areas that I move myself into, yeah. that was the kind of reason why. It's like I don't want to ever come to a point where my family or myself or even my uh, like brothers and sisters and my mother to ever ask support from anybody. That was like my ultimate like motivation, you know? So we're in, the, we're in the digital technology world. If you can give someone a caveat on what book to read or how to start their way into it, what would it be today? Uh, look, uh, I didn't have like one book, you know? For me, it was more, what do I want? And actually Google it. You know, so Google was my, yeah, for me, it's like God, my family, <laughs> and Google, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, and Google will trust as well. So it's just kind of really being curious to research what you want. It's all there. You know, it's all out there. You learn from other people. But I, I personally never had a mentor. You know, I never had somebody to teach me, to guide me, to anything. It was just like self-made research and just wanting to make things happen. It's amazing to me how relatable we are. And I understand that many people don't even think about when they think of something, to not research it. Everything 100%. you think about is there already. Someone, there's nothing new under the sun. Someone's already started the journey. Well, if you're the first person to start, you can still research it and find it out. So that's some key information. But here we are now. We have your father's story, you have your story, we have monthly visits, we have this, some would say a workaholic, because you're really into a workaholic, <laughs> but you also have a family of things that you have to curate. Yeah. So along that journey to be the man you are today, what did you say? Uh, I sacrificed my health. I mm. sacrificed my childhood or university years. You know, if I look back, uh, you know, when you actually go off to, to school or to university, you take your courses, then you immediately have to leave your courses to go to work. And, look, like, and you weren't forced to, by the way. It's not like my father needed support financially. But I was keeping, like, I just was just doing it. So it's not like I had to leave the university to make a living, to get money to support the family, because we were well off. You know, despite what my my happened to my father, he was back. He got back on his feet. Mm -hmm. But it was just more of wanting experience, wanting experience, wanting experience. That I still, I'm telling you, even sometimes until today, I'm like I like start twitching. You know, like why did I do all this? You know. So uh, and this is kind of where my uh, where I sacrificed was my health, uh, gaining 30 kilos, for example, in, in about 10 years. 
uh, bad eating habits, uh, all because of work, all because of work. The focus. Yeah, it's like work, work, work. You're like, it's not enough. You want to learn more, learn more, and especially in the digital world. I mean, right now, I've been how much, how many years so far? Almost 24 years. I'm still learning. And you still got to keep up. And you still got to motivate yourself. So that's the sacrifice that I have to go for. Talk to me about one of your lowest moments. I just don't want to hear about any lowest moment. I want to know how you got up. This is for the people right now that may be listening like, hey, I, I am an entrepreneur. I am a person without a mentor. I have been striving. I've been working. And I, boom, hit the bottom. But now I got to pick myself up. What were some of the things you did? Let us know where you fell, how you fell, and how you got up. But the the the, the rock bottom part, honestly, um, it wasn't work because for me it's like things come and go, mm. uh, and as long as you're motivated or as long as you know that you worked so hard in your life, nothing goes to waste. Even if you've been backstabbed, even if you cheated, it's gonna come back at some point back to you. But I would say the lowest moment was more kind of the emotional breakdown, which again happened uh, when my father passed away. Because it happens so suddenly, you know, and um, it's a kind of, of a background. So used to be in the, uh, I've lived in Dubai since 2007, got married in 2014. But ever since there, it was like ups and downs when it comes to the entrepreneur life. Because when you're an entrepreneur, you don't have like a fixed salary at the end of the month. It's not like, uh, as they say, entrepreneur, you own Ferrari. That's all BS, guys. <laughs> you know, it's just like, that's not the reality. So 2014, got married. Maybe that was the only time where I built a proper relation. Right. Like when we got married, I think 10 days. But that's it, just 10 days. And I'm happy that I married the right woman yeah. because she's also an entrepreneur. Right. If it wasn't the case, there's no way we would have uh, lasted together because it's just like, it asks so much of you when it comes to actually being in the entrepreneurial uh, world. So 2014, but you, you, you're motivated because you're like, you're excited, you're seeing clients, you know, your business is picking up and that's always like the, the drive. 2014, you got married, 2016, we got the opportunity to merge with a 30 year old uh, PR company. You know, so you're like, wow, you, you, you got a baby in 2011, you took a leap of faith at the age of what, 24, 25, very young. Uh, five years down the line, somebody's approaching you to actually merge with them. You're like, you're a 30 year old company, you're like, wow. We're moving up, we're moving yeah, up, we're moving up. You know, and even at that time, like, do I have to merge? Yeah, you know, you want to make go bigger, go bigger, go bigger. Sometimes you want to go big, you gotta get yeah. a piece away. But I learned it the hard way. Right. <laughs> Let's dive into this particular. This is not a question that's on my dot. When you say one of the hardest moments when your father passed away, yeah, I equate when people leave us. I equate that to music and melody. Let me tell you why. I believe when someone's voice leaves you and you can't speak to them anymore, yeah, the yeah. soundtrack of your life changes. Yeah, yeah. But the beautiful melodies that they gave you can always go rewind and listen to what they played for you in their mind. How did the soundtrack of your life really change, even though you didn't get those monthly visits anymore, the normal visits? How, how did you deal with that? Look, uh, whoever tells you that time will heal and uh, you mm -hmm. forget about it, that's, that, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. never, it never goes away. You know, mm -hmm. it never goes away whatsoever. And I don't believe it will ever go away. Right. Uh, so the way I'm able to cope is kind of, again, remembering, not blaming ourselves for the life we've been through, which is just unfortunate events. So that's very important as an advice to never blame yourself. Right. It was this path, it just, that's what it happened, the way it happened. Um, but, but again, it's more kind of, life doesn't end. You know, because you got kids, you got a family to support, you got your, your brothers, your sisters to be there in case anything happens. So this is kind of all the ideas you're like, okay, those help to get back on your feet and move on. Because this is kind of what, because answering your question earlier, when you hit rock bottom, yes. what pushes you back up, it's your family. You know, you cannot just say depressed and blaming and trying to find, and trying to find an excuse, you know, because that's, that's human being, you know, you won't actually find an excuse to blame. Oh, he died because of one country. Yeah, you know, but no, you know, you have to uh, really kind of understand the situation. It was very hard because I had to go back to Africa to pack up his things because it happened like suddenly, mm. you know. And I was like the eldest, uh, I mean, my sister, she's older than me, but she's in Canada, so she cannot leave. My two younger brothers, they couldn't leave, so I had to take one for the team. So I should go to Africa. I haven't been there since 1997, since we moved to the States, yeah, you know. So you like, you saw the way he was living, you saw his business, you saw everything, and you're an entrepreneur. 
business has to continue, yes. you know, or else it's like you don't have any, any income. Right. And the mental state that you have to be in, it was like, I mean, until even until now, because I still haven't had a break. Because like surprises over surprises over surprises, you're like, wow, you wake up in the morning, you're like, wait, I'm still living. Because you have so much things like really happening, going to Africa, staying there, he used to own a restaurant. So imagine I saw his restaurant, I wasn't happy with the result because he was away for a while. So I had to work digital by day and I revamped his restaurant by night. Brand new industry, I had no idea what's going on. I just, it was just a feeling, you know? I was like, I renewed the, the, uh, the restaurant menu. I included a bit of digital website here and there, you know, just bring it back, bring it back to a state whereby if I leave, once I leave, it, it, it feels okay, yeah. you know? So imagine all this. Right, like a month, month and a half, going back to Africa, going back to people you haven't seen back, I don't know when. Hearing stories about what used to happen when you were there, just like connecting. Connecting, yeah. Because you never had the time to sit with him, to ask about his experience, his advice, his motivation, nothing. It's just like, boop, 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 he disappeared, suddenly. You know, it was like very uh, hard. I believe it. His actions gave you the past. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I appreciate you on that. Yeah, let's shake some of that off. Let's get into some of these fun questions now. I want to know what have you procrastinated on and why? Procrastinating in terms of something I kept on pushing, and it's my health. Oh, you yeah. still are hating man than we do, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's my health, man. It's yeah. like, and then I started understanding it was linked to my father. Ah. You know, because my father used to, I mean, it's amazing how when you go back to even try to understand psychology and what have you. Yes, absolutely. It goes back to your mother, it goes back to your father, whether you like it or not, how you've been raised up and how you actually. <laughs> Shameless plug, but in my book, I talk about how people should interview your parents if you have the opportunity. 100%. Because you unlock, as an adult, you can, you can interview your parents as a child and you'll have childlike questions, but as an adult, when you live life, and see how things are really ran in this world, how people can be. Your, your interesting questions and them willing to answer and back and forth banter yeah. is definitely yeah. something that will grow you and make you understand the world a lot more. 100%. And, and that's what I was, that was what I was always procrastinating with because, so my father had to get up on his feet, work his butt off day and night, 24 seven in the restaurant, trying to maintain a living, you know, for the kids. Because we were four children, and the one thing they never want to sacrifice my parents was education. Mm. So you're talking at some point, two universities, two schools, and then four universities is like, and the tuition in Lebanon is like really nominal, right? Um, so all of this, what he sacrificed was also his health. His way of living, smoking, bad lifestyle, everything. And that kind of came to me. You know, and I started reading, even buying a t-shirt, I'm like, I don't want to buy for it. Why should I buy for it? You know, let me give somebody else. You know, this is how far it used to be. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't buy anything for you. just like your father. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know? And again, until I sat down, the way of the psychologist, you know, I went that far. I'm like, I need to understand what the hell is going on. And again, when I keep on pushing people whenever you feel down, mm -hmm. see a psychologist. There's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely. It feels amazing. Absolutely. As long as he's professional at the end of the day. Yeah. And the whole linking came into perspective. I was actually living my life, my father's life. And he even told me, he's like, oh, he's like, if you continue this way, you're going to end up dying the same exact way. And it, it goes so far to a point the same age as well. Mm. Be careful, you know? And then I'm like, and then when it was like a slap, you know? And then I started remembering the way I used to talk sometimes when he passed away, it was my dad. The way I used to command was the stuff I used to hate about my dad. You know, it's like, I was living. You take it off, you take it like, boy, he takes it off. We're piece of our parents, yeah. and the rest of the world tries to tell us we were. So that's something I regret, the whole procrastination of the health aspect. Talk to me about Lebanon. What is something Lebanon taught you that you keep with you to this day? Uh, Lebanon really teaches you the reality of people, you know, mm -hmm. um, because again, uh, it's a very sensitive topic because Lebanon for me, unfortunately, is not a, was never a good experience mm -hmm. um, because of the, it's, it's, a, it's a jungle out there. It's a jungle out there. People really um, judge you from where you come from in different parts of Lebanon. Classism. 100%, you know, even for example, your situations from uh, your wealth, your situations from just being from one part of the Lebanon, they might hate you or that. They don't know me yet, you know, they don't know you yet. So I, I, I never knew even what kind of sect I'm from, from the Muslim, the Christian, the African sect. 
I never knew until I got to Lenovo. Like, which tech are you in? Like, what else? Like, based on that, you like wait a minute. You know, you like right. try. You start understanding more and more. The the the, the world is disgusting. You know, at the end of the day, you know, it's like you're judged by a passport. You're governed by a paper. The Lebanon is like this is kind of the mind that I have. You know, it's like so Lebanon is like on steroids when it comes to that aspect. So you really have to find your inner circle and your close circle, or else you want your own circle. So you gotta make your own work. You gotta make your own work. So my follow-up question to you is: How important is it to leave where you're from to develop yourself to where you're coming from? It's important. It's very important to learn about the culture, to learn about different ways that people actually think. It's super important to just get out there. It comes as a big risk because again, you gotta detach yourself from your family, from your belongings, whatever it is. But it's, it's not an easy game, you know? So you really gotta take and, uh, you know, but again, I believe if you've been raised properly and your parents had this whole 100% uh, sacrifice of making the best for your children, you're protected. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to ask you this question. This is one of my favorite questions I love to ask, but it's a little intrusive. So if you don't like it, you don't have to answer. This is a two-part question. Are you ready? Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> what was abusive to you that you thought was love? What was abusive to me that I thought was love? You mean like someone taking advantage? No, not so, no, someone taking advantage. Just things in life that you did that was like, oh, this is the best. But you look back in the long run, it's like, this was really hurting me. Why was I doing this? Mm. On the workaholic part. Yeah, the workaholic I had a feeling he was going to say it. I was yeah. wondering if he was going to say it. The workaholic part, and I, it actually hurt me. Hurt me health wise. Uh, too much focus in one area, you know, it's like work or nothing else. You know, and, and I realized that because I used to take it personal if I have any negative feedback when it comes to work. It's like it's your baby, you know. It's like you yeah, very work so like hard at it. I, I, I struggle. I struggle with saying someone works too hard. I'm a workaholic, so I struggle with the work too hard thing because once you find your purpose and you know it's working, yeah, you know it's always working. Hundred percent. But the thing is, you should. It's balance. I never had a balance, a proper life uh, work balance. Although, if you ask, let's say, for example, I left the office twelve thirty. Do I regret? No. So I'm still doing it, <laughs> you know, because you want it to work and you have to make it work and you see where you actually want to go, but you have to always say, wait, stop a bit. It's going to come to you, it's going to come to you if it belongs to you and give it a time to yourself, to your family, a bit more. Now, if I compare it to where I was two years ago, I consider myself like I did major improvement, but it's still like Maybe muscle memory. memory. I like to call it muscle memory. Yeah. We develop this muscle memory within our characters, within ourselves, where we just do stuff and hate. And, and it takes a lot for us to stop that repetition. I'm going to ask you another question that I love to ask. It's fun. I want to see your face. <laughs> Did you ever get a sex talk? Who or what gave you sex education? Self-made. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the same thing as I never went and asked questions for support when it comes to work. Same exact thing when it comes to how does it work? How do you got to improvise? <laughs> and you're like, you know, you got to... Okay this, okay, this is the way to go. It's working. Okay, let's continue. You know? Let's continue. <laughs> so, how do we change this in the future? How do we really talk to our kids and say, this is going to happen. This is important. This is my, You might enjoy this a lot, but it comes with so much Price. responsibility. Yeah, yeah. There's so much high risk. It can change your entire life if you develop anything too fast. 100%. Again, from, I'm, I plan to be really kind of honest with my son. You know, uh, not like hardcore honest in terms of my experience, but I mean, in terms of pushing him to come and talk to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, you know, like pros and cons, how there has to be a bit of filtering, obviously, yeah. for children. I'm just hoping it won't happen now because it's too early. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still need to learn about what to tell him, yeah. you know. Right. But I mean, again, um, the same thing if you're, you're coming up, you came up with this whole beautiful podcast about soul and talking from the soul. I think there has to be another area of that education among men to actually be open <laughs> about it. It is super critical yeah. and super easy and super important. And I think it would minimize any potential damages that are could happen. Could you imagine a group of men ushering like one man at a time, like you sit in a room with several men and they talk about the entire experiences, the things that 
either they made mistakes on or yeah. the immaturities they had or the misconceptions they had before engaging in sex or before engaging in a, a situation of just character or following women around before they develop themselves. 100%. That, that could be a real village thing. And that's what leads me to my next question. Should there be like a basic training program amongst men when we talk financial literacy, communication, how to change a tie, 100%. how to change a tire, gardening, all these things, even around the world, right? I, I would love to see each community develop internally, outside of a government's assistance, outside of a school system, outside of a library, outside of a club, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. community, like okay. next door neighbors, like you teaching my son digital stuff, just so he can have that skill when he steps out into the world, say, I'm already, I already have this. 100%, not my truth, or not, but I already have it, 100%. Yeah. It's the whole, what I like to call H2H, human to human. Mm. You know, collaboration that it is important because but unfortunately the world the world is too judgmental. You know, that's where it's always going to be the case whereby they judge the the human is not a good uh, <laughs> it's not a good person. It's not a good thing, you know. It's like the more you learn, the more you gotta really gotta protect yourself and take precautions. Unless you find people that are really down to earth. And there is, you know. I, I subscribe to this, just like you said, balance. I believe we have for lack of a better term, heaven and hell inside of us, 100%. right? Yeah. And I believe it's it's rooted, right? So when I say it's rooted, whatever you water will innately take over your instincts. Yeah. So if you're watering the heaven inside of you, when it's time for it to be nice and kind and choose humbleness, it might come out faster than the hell inside of you. But if you're always stirring the fire, light to your hell, when you're always angry and, and, and aggressive and want to destroy, then that's innately who you, what grows more. You still have both inside of you. It's always there. But you're you're off balance. Hundred percent off balance. So I really subscribe to that. So I I understand that every human has the capability of both. Hundred percent. Even if their scale is tilted either way. But it goes back again to how you've been raised and your experience. And repetition. Um, what your muscle memory is and how you develop yourself. And if you don't care about your credibility, or you don't care about how people look at you. Because some people have. Well, that's a good and bad thing, isn't it? It's gone. You know? You're exactly, good and bad. It's, it's extremely bad. good yeah. to actually you know, motivate someone. Yeah. Don't let good people that judge you. Uh, don't take it in the wrong way. You know, motivate yourself. But if you don't have it anymore, and you don't really care about anybody, but if you're moving towards the hell side, yeah, that yeah. becomes down. Yeah. 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 That's when stuff starts to get burned down. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Do you see yourself represented on television? Do you see you? The person like because I know television has sensationalized, yeah. we sensationalize things, but do you see a representation of the man you are becoming and the man you're trying to be? When you say television, you mean kind of the, uh, TV, atmosphere, anything, uh digital output, where they show representations of people from different places yeah. or people who live in your space. Yeah, yeah. Do they represent you well? And what I mean by that is when I watch TV for black men myself. I don't see myself in television. Yeah. I see a lot of criminal activity. I see a lot of just narcissistic type lifestyle. They don't really show the balance of all of us and how we're entrepreneurial and smart and actually get along with our people. Yeah. In yeah. most cases, yeah. we always yeah. come with an illness or a problem. And for most cultures, they don't necessarily have all of those traits in one person all the time. So I'm asking you, do you see yourself on television represented? No. No, it's always sugar-coated. It's always like, an angle, uh, an angle whereby it's not really reality. I mean, the only person that I like to listen and uh, look up to, and because he's always like straightforward, uh, is Gary Vee. He's like, you know, he's like he's more his way. Uh, he's straightforward. Uh, he's coming from a very rough uh, childhood, and he's like really out there. And he's always humble, right? You know. Uh, right. So we need more of those. Uh, now, but now he's on a level whereby, okay, sometimes it's too hard to relate because you've already made uh, an empire. Yes. So where's the the constant uh, reminder of uh, the entrepreneurial life? Back to the basics. Back to how to actually get yourself up in the morning. How to actually work towards your goals. You know, because it's like you have different levels now. Right. He he definitely uh, reminds me of someone who. Gives out information and solves problems for free, for free. You right. know, and I love that about him. Uh, so it's all about it's all about knowledge at the end of the day. You know, he has nothing to hide. This is the reality. Uh, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. So I like 
that kind of, uh, let's say, mentorship. But you try to, you try to kind of grasp and take some of it. Absolutely. Whether it relates to you or not. Absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate you giving that answer. Now let's go to the husband side of things. Oh. <laughs> I want to know. Now this is subjugated to you. There's no wrong answers. Yeah. I like to hear somebody say one of the answers that I enjoy, but we'll hear what you say that it has nothing to do with your answer, but just something I like. Hey, me. <laughs> what are the top three things you want to win? Uh, one is basically the I'm not gonna say in chronological order. I'm just gonna say no, just say three. Uh, three is fine. Three things. So one is really kind of the entrepreneurial side of things. I believe with the whole uh, business side of things. Uh, look, women are more talented than men. This is like uh, up front. I really believe in that. Yeah. But skills and stuff might differ from one to the other. But in terms of how they can really multitask compared to us, it's like uh, I mean, even my company, our digital agency, I have a ratio of ninety to ten. You know, ninety percent female for a reason, you know. Yeah. And I've seen, and I've seen the results, everything. So I like the whole entrepreneurial side of a woman, kind of really ba balance it out and really go into the business world. But thank God my wife has it, or else we have divorced a long, <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, the second thing is the, uh, the the goal of actually really wanting to take the children in the same direction and path and really kind of create a loving bond uh, within our, our our family itself. Yes. And that's very important because sometimes when you go, and I'll take it for myself as a workaholic, sometimes you forget that there is a part of you that has to work hard on the emotional side of things when it comes to your children. Yes. And the same thing for a mother. If the mother is actually working and she's into her business, it could slip very easily in terms of focusing on one area and forgetting Yes. The actual family um, aspect of things, that's the yes. dynamics, hundred percent. So that's important. I love it. Uh, and the third thing is um, something that she's actually motivated me to actually keep on doing. Uh, so she was a constant like reminder of take care of yourself, take care of yourself, take care of yourself. It's kind of like putting always plans for the family. You know, like where are we going with the business? But where are we going for the family? What's the next step? You know, like always the whole micro planning, planning when it comes to the family. And it is a full time job. Listen, I believe women are incubators. Yeah. They take whatever you give them and they multiply it. Put it in the oven of their mental, whatever they do, whatever it is they do, yeah. their skills to make you better or to make you stronger, they do it. And, and I think that's a beautiful thing. And I would like an entrepreneurship business-minded and incubator into a form of intelligence. I always say people should have intelligence in there. And I think those three things exemplify, exemplify a form of intelligence. Yeah. Organically, I believe the best situation when it comes to like just getting into that pedantic, pedantic detail yeah. of yeah. life and information. So 100%. My question to you is how much are you trying to understand communication between you and your wife in this business line? Are you familiar with the five love languages? No. Maybe I would know by default, but in terms of terminologies, so, no. So the five love languages, this is a book called the five love languages. And the five love languages are words of affirmation quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Off the top of your head, which one do you think you represent? What are they again? Affirmation? Words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Wow, I think, I think it's, see, this is where you just, <laughs> we have a problem somewhere. You yeah. know, I think it's number four, just acts of service. No, that's great. The, earth, the rest is like being, uh, I, I wouldn't say, I, I don't want to be hard on our relationship because we've been through a lot in terms of coming back here all of a sudden and yeah. setting up. Uh, but it's more act of service in terms of how we actually, uh, I think, service one another. Right. You know? So that's what the love language is about. You, someone who loves you within those five, five constructs, but they, they go further into detail on yeah. each one. But once you start recognizing what you need to fill yourself, you're like, hey, Please, this is this is why I love you because yeah, you give yeah. me all these acts of service. I didn't know that I like acts of service, or I didn't know I like words of affirmation. Hey, you got this. This is the plan. Well, words of affirmation. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Two, so that's what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah. Those two things, like you can have two, and then the great thing about that subject is 
is when you sit down and talk to her and ask her those what are what she think her five is, or you can take an online quiz or something. Yeah, it opens your eyes, man. Open your eyes, man. Mm-hmm. You guys can love each other even better. You just, just, yeah, you just like okay, now and I want to like put it on paper and try to put a percentage, you know, yeah, try yeah. to make it happen. You know? I got some, yeah, I got something for you. Thanks, man. <laughs> Talk about legacy. Talk about all these things, uh, curating, working hard. But do you have a will? A will from testimony, a like a will, testimony, leave all information, make sure everything's intact, and leave to your family just in case anything happens. Everything is for them. Uh, we right now, for example, my children. I'm trying to work hard so that they actually. But is there like is there something within your your particular will? The company or anything like that that leaves it because you know in my country governments come in and take some stuff if you don't have anything situated yeah things go to the bank they go here and then now you're in court trying to get what was rightfully yours from your family to you uh, yeah, yeah so did, is there paperwork or anything like that that can cease to show that these things are reality and belong to your kids yeah uh, not yet because we have recently kind of restructured everything. Yeah. But the we had already a plan to. Well, actually, I started in Lebanon. Ah. We, when I, the company I set up, our other branch, mm-hmm. it's under my name, my son's name, my wife's name. There you go. You know already. There, you know because you you're like you have to have three shareholders. Well, there what you, you have to do what I recommend is that you have a fourth and put my name on it. And None. then we really. <laughs> no, <I'm> game, man. <laughs> then we're really moving forward in the world. Yes. Yeah. Well, 100% because again, it goes back to my, my father's journey. He was really too kind, so he never believed in paperwork. You know, he was like, he believed in trust. Ah. You know, you're my brother, of course, you're never going to backstab me. You're my best friend, of course, no need for paperwork, no need for paperwork. No need for paperwork. Mm-hmm. So he had kept some paperwork, but he wouldn't like really dive into it to make sure it's legit or not because who would imagine that you would hurt me? You know, so that kind of also was in the back of my focus on the work life. 100%. And, you're, and it's like heartbreaking because you, yeah. it's your friend, it's your best friend from childhood, you know, it's your brother. Who would have imagined, you know? And since then, we're like, we're on defense, uh, defensive mode always. And us four in the family, and the children. Right. Right. So, so that's why even if I do a contract with my brother, there's an agreement. Oh, so, yeah. You know, <laughs> agreement, paperwork, and stuff like that. And the same thing would be for the children, you know? Yeah, like, I, agree. You wanna, I agree. I uh, agree. We had a gentleman on the show by the name of Cousin Fat Baxter. He talked about how his family has a stock account together and they all send money to stocks in the family. Maybe there's a range. I believe he said to his aunt, once my mother saw that episode, my family now have a stock thing with our family where we have stuff in writing, we have stuff all put together. We got, they all trusted me, but we have it together where at least legally, even everything can transfer over directly. So. I understand that paperwork is super important. Yeah. Everyone out there, listen to me. Paperwork is super important. Stop playing with it and paperwork it first. If you know how McDonald's was started by certain people, they didn't have the right paperwork. They got the land bought right Ooh. underneath them. So just different stories, man. You might be on a gold mine, but do your paperwork first. 100%. You don't have to rush to get it out there. It's available to you. It will be there. Trust me on that. 100%. One of my favorite questions, right? As a husband, now you can answer this question, but you have to pick one side and explain one. So as a husband, would you rather have a great woman or a great wife? Wife. You know, uh, because again, I think this is kind of whereby, why would you get married in the first place? You know, uh, especially when you come from an age whereby you're working hard, etc. You can try to understand because I used to always tell my mom, for example, I remember I was like, I'm never gonna marry <laughs> <laughs> until I really find the right one who actually can make me be myself. You know, right. I don't wanna actually improvise or not improvise, just like take things around. So by having a wife whereby she's she's your best friend, you know, she's not a woman, she's like your actual wife, so she has to be there for the ins and outs, she has to be there with when shit hits the fan, because uh, your kids, I mean, they're not, they don't belong to you. So every time I remind her, she's like, my kids, I'm like, wait a minute, 18 years old, they're out of here. You know, so it's me and you. <laughs> Keep this in the back of the mind. So That's another thing, a lot of people, I, I hope you invest in understanding that your spouse comes first, even though they're kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With all, people might hate me for saying that, but that's 100% the case because 
it, it keeps you in the mindset of reinvesting with your wife, reinvesting in the relationship because that's the long lasting. Uh, I mean, you love your kids. You want to take care of them. I'm, I'm super aggressive. Anything happens to me, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm turning yeah. to a lion, I'm turning to a beast. But well, I mean, well, again, but the reality is. Talk to me about fatherhood. I want to know about the times when you love your kids, but I don't really like you right now. Well, <laughs> you get what kind of patience do you need to have as a father? Look, man, it's been a roller coaster, right? You know, <laughs> up until today. You know, it's just like, uh, and, and nobody preps you for this, you know? No. You know, nobody gets you ready for any of this. Well, solutions gets you ready. Right? <laughs> yeah, listen, listen hard, listen well, man. It's like, it's not a walk in the park. Again, now, if you're a husband that would like to support your wife and help your wife, yeah, it's hard. If you're the type of husband where you don't care, you have this whole mentality traditional whereby she does everything, she's the housewife, she's whatever it is, you just go to work, come back, your supper is ready and done. No, I'm not talking about this guy, because this guy shouldn't exist anymore. <laughs> you know? Because it is a struggle, you know? It is a struggle, especially when you come from, uh, uh, from a family whereby, because my mother used to do everything. You know, she used to do everything, to cook, to clean, to, and she didn't allow us to even to help anywhere. So for us, this mindset, this is what she's doing is like, yeah, easy, you know, because she's having a complaint. Yeah. You know, so when you get married, then you're like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I wasn't helping before, now I got help. Right. That's tough, man. It's really, really tough. It's tough, especially when you start getting children, you start like splitting the past, but you're like, wait a minute. You're not used to that. You know, your, your father was a bit kind of, Oh, yeah, yeah, we never saw our products like once, one month a year. So for you, it doesn't get to you until you actually like feel it. You know, even doing the dishes. I'm like, why? It's easy. <laughs> when I went into the dishes, I'm like, wait. Oh, no, I feel like doing <laughs> dishes. So this is kind of a thing whereby fatherhood is like extremely tough. But it goes back to together. You know, you got to teamwork, you and your actual wife. So if they were giving out awards and you were on the year to collect the biggest award of the year, would you rather have man of the year or father of the year? No, father. <clears throat> father, 100%. You know, because again, it's goes back. When you go back home, you're going back home to who? You know, because your audience, that's it. You, okay, man of the year, wow, wow, bravo. It's like you have your own, like one hour. You know, but that's gone. You know, what remains is actually your blood, your family. So I prefer to actually have this fatherhood over everything than just the little award, you know? I'll dump the award. That's, that's not going to impact the, um, the father, the relationship with the family. Absolutely. I love that answer. I love that answer. Validation from your partner. It's like you win a championship when you meet the right woman. But Mr. Qatar, I ask you this. Do you defend the title? And what I mean by that is, are you competing with the best version of yourself? Put pressure on your wife to make sure that's my man over there. That's my hunk. I love him. And you put pressure on her to make sure she stays sharp for you. Uh, no, man, no pressure. You you got no pressure on your wife. Really. No, no pressure. You get out there and start eating right and working out. Like, oh, what is he doing over there? He's yeah. working hard. I should. Yeah, yeah because she's doing that, you know. And I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, she's putting pressure on you. Yeah, it's like the other way around, you know. She's like, look, I'm working. I'm on a call. I got a friend. I'm taking care of my body. I'm taking care of that. And you're like, oh shit, I gotta keep up. <laughs> she set the example. Listen, yeah. ladies and gentlemen out there, put pressure on your spouses. They're yeah. not doing what they're supposed to be doing. You start doing it. And let them watch you. Yeah. Eventually, they'll say, okay, let me go do a walk around the block. Or yeah, something. yeah. You know, it's like you don't want to be like different. You know, you want to. And again, you transfer this into a motivation. Right, you know? right, absolutely. I came up with something called operating at 100%. And what I mean by that is I took five categories. Purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. I gave them 20% each, totaling up to 100%. Purpose, meaning you're living your purpose, working, doing everything you're supposed to do every day. Knowledge, meaning you learned some new information or took us or gave out some information. Money, save a little money, invest a little money, and spent a little money today. And what did I say? Purpose, health, <laughs> health. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's health it means you worked out, meditated, prayed, whatever you do with your confidence, you did it without any fear. So out of purpose, health, confidence. <laughs> I'm laughing because I know health is still going to be high for you. Purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Give me 20% each. How much of 100% have you been operating out of in the last 24 hours? So purpose is 20%, health is 20%, confidence 20%, money and knowledge 20% each. Okay, confidence. 
Yeah, 20%. Yeah, 20%. Right. And I can like chronological order, right? Uh, it's up to you. You just mismatch and uh, we'll add the we'll add the percentages up. Yeah. So yeah, health. I would say I've been doing progress, but still five percent. Five percent. Yeah. Not zero anymore. So that's uh, <laughs> an improvement. Uh, knowledge twenty percent because again a lot of things have happened all of a sudden with the whole crypto world the metaverse and we're in digital space you know so it's like wait a minute so I'm back to taking courses back to reading Ooh. digital real estate digital real estate you know it's a scary world it's like a monopoly yeah it's done you know you're actually gonna live into the world of monopoly right. you don't end up really kind of buying you're out of it right so how do I bring this to our clients because we're a digital agency. Yes. So that's where I have to now really dive into the whole education. So it's twenty percent for. Uh, so that's forty five percent. Now we have purpose, which is. Yeah, that's hundred <laughs> percent. That's twenty percent of. Uh, so I, I would say you probably operate at eighty five percent because pretty much you know everything else but the health. Yeah, yeah. So wait, before we get out of here, let's talk about this digital company. Let's talk about the company I met you, you that you're doing for artists out there. But first, let's. Here's some stuff about your company and here's some stuff about Omnia. Yeah, so basically the inspiration of Omnia happened when my father passed away. Again, because he passed away, I was in Africa, and I'm like, where, what is this one thing I can create that will allow me to actually be able to fund something in order to, to have it under his name, to have, that, to have a soul more comfortable because if you invest, for example, in a mosque, in a church, you help out the poor continuously forever, you know, and you put it under his name. That's how it started the whole thinking, thinking, thinking. And I'm like, I got introduced to a, I was following an artist and she was like, uh, if you guys want to get a shout out from me, swipe up. I'm like, okay. I swiped up and it was very simple in terms of asking her to do something. And I asked her at that time, please wish my wife Tell her congratulations because she had just launched her jewelry business. Right. You know, it was a, a celebrity that we used to follow and watch on Netflix. Yeah. Twenty-four hours later, I just paid like fifty dollars at that time. Boop, I got a video telling her, Zan, your husband Mohammed told me to run to him. He was yeah. like, "Whoa, wait a minute, we're on to something. How can I bring this to the Middle East? Yes. And how do I bring this to the artist world? How do I bring this to the talent world? And that's how it started." And at the end of the day, I came up with a solution because even from day one, we have a section called Omnia Cares. Any transactions happening on the platform, a dollar goes to charity wow. with a proof of receipt. It sounds like, yeah, charity, just to buy you, you know, like every end of the month, it goes maybe to the UN, it goes to the Red Cross, it goes to the Red Crescent, it doesn't matter. There has to be a dollar for any transaction whatsoever. And that's a condition, by the way, to onboard talent. Yeah. Uh, there's a dollar going somewhere uh, to make it, to make life a bit uh, a better place. You know, so one thing led to the other, and then I'm like, wait a minute, I have all this digital knowledge. How do I bring it again to the hands of the artists? Because they're struggling. There's a pain somewhere that needs to be solved, and that's how the business started over and over again. We kept on adding more modules, more modules, and Omniat was actually born in a way of being the destination of choice for artists or talents out there to control and own their space without us taking a cut from you, because enough of taking advantage of people. I love the story because it started with wish my wife congratulations yeah. and Omniot means what? It means wish, you know, that's the word, you know, that's how it started, a wish, something that's good to be true, it's, can it actually be good, can it be, it's, you know what, something is too good to be true, because we receive, we receive this feedback many times, I'm like, here's a website for free. Listen, what, what do you mean for free? Listen, it's artists right? out there, listen, <laughs> this is an amazing website. This is something you have to pay attention to. Omnia, look it up, get involved, support Mr. Qatar and everything he is doing because he is doing it for you out of love. Yeah. And when's the last time somebody did something in the music industry purely out of love? But that's directly to the music industry. For those who are listening that are not in the music industry, you know somebody who's a struggling artist or entrepreneur right now that needs to know about Omnia. So I just want I wanted to highlight that really quickly before we went. Thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It is people like you who move in the shadows to help people like me shine. Now before Thank you, you for go, your time, man. No, Appreciate it. Before you go, we love to get referrals for the show. Is there any man that you know that you would love to come on this podcast 
and drop these gems and answer these questions. Hmm. Who can we bring on the show that will be as transparent and all that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my wife. Uh, it's only for men. I was going to tell you my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they should do that, by the way, for uh, same podcast, but for uh, women out there. <laughs> I think everybody is asking for the ladies. We'll see soon, ladies. Yeah. We'll see. I would love to sit in front of some ladies and have the same questions and see what they have to say. Yeah, I would say there's um, uh, a good friend of mine. He's also he's working the company, but the way he's been working and struggling and pushing for uh, is a story that I believe could have been told. And uh, I'm not sure how uh open he'll actually be but i mean it's a good one his name is uh yeah yeah i'll do the, the intro uh that'll be cool we'll see if he's gonna go for it yeah <laughs> you can come and sit with me i promise we'll have a great time and you're gonna save some lives i feel with your story and the struggle you're going for <laughs> is there cool. anything you'd like to say right now to anybody any shout outs any information you want to give to the audience let them know how can they support you today um I mean, usually I don't, I don't, I don't I mean, it's a very tough question because I don't even know how to ask for support. Something, ah, something I'm working right, on. Right. So you know, what's something that up. we can actually check out and say, hey, this is something I created. Go check it out. Yeah, again, it's uh, Omnia.com. This is the actual platform itself. It's by exclusive invitation only, but still, uh, the reason why is that we're trying to keep like a really caliber uh, set of artists and talented people. Uh, so there's omnia.com slash sign up. If you want, just use the referral uh, omnia slash soul uh, Lucians. Okay. Okay. All right. We, that, we, know, we know that you guys are listening, so I'm sure you are already like 80% <laughs> out there, you know? So, Absolutely. so yeah, it's omnia.com. Omnia slash soul Lucians. You heard it here first with these artists. <laughs> I hope you're paying attention. Get hungry. Omnia can really save you time and all the digital work you have to do and you're doing it for free yeah. like there, there's no thing nothing attached we didn't even go into detail about the branding and everything that you can get from it so do your own personal research but i hope you learn something today and and if you want to reach me you know you can reach me in all platforms at sheen one on instagram twitter facebook clubhouse email or in the streets if you see me before we go, and leave with a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. <laughs> True success is not measured by how much you have done or accomplished. It's not compared to what others have done or accomplished. True success is what you have done compared to what you could have done. In other words, living to the maximum is competing with yourself. It's living up to your own true standards and capabilities. Success is satisfying your own personal passion and purpose in pursuit of personal excellence. So question of the day, question of your life, are you maximizing your life? Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank Mr. Muhammad Qatar. Go check out Amniyat. I'm Sheen Warren. This is Solutions for Men. Peace and blessings. Hey. Perfect, man. <laughs>